What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT TakeOver Portland. Uh, obviously, this is a classic episode from a very long time ago, back when NXT did a TakeOver in Portland, Oregon. I believe it was in 2020. And the reason I'm doing this little bit here before we get into the TakeOver Portland recap is because, A, I want to remind people this is a classic episode from a long time ago. But also because at the time that I recorded this particular uh, recap, I was going through some bullshit with my computer. Apparently there were a lot of files. I couldn't save everything. And at the time, John Tumblin was my co-host and we were recording a TakeOver Portland recap and the file got completely lost. So I basically recorded it off my phone in a fit of rage and then basically uploaded the audio to the internet after I deleted a fuck ton of files and got some stuff off the computer that didn't need to be there so I can make this fucking easier and then added an intro song and then just went for it. I didn't edit anything. I didn't cut anything. I didn't do anything of the sort to that particular audio. Now, because I'm pulling this off of SoundCloud and remastering it for Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, like I've done with so many of the other classic uh, reviews and episodes that I've been pulling off and adjusting and everything, now that I have better quality equipment than I had at the time that I was on SoundCloud, I decided to do the same with this TakeOver Portland uh, recap. So, to those of you that enjoyed the unedited rant... Um, I apologize if this is not to your liking if you listen to it on SoundCloud. If you never listened to it before, hopefully you enjoy it now. And if you didn't enjoy it at the time, hopefully you will enjoy re-listening to it now that it's here. So without any further ado, we're going to jump in to the recap of NXT TakeOver Portland. So the video kicks off the show with uh, a hype of all the matches and then Poppy singing Fill the Crown from the album I Disagree, which hopefully I was able to get that on here. But if I didn't, well, then I just started off cold. So hopefully you're able to hear that song. If not, fuck it. So we get to the opening contest of the evening for the NXT North American Championship. Keith Lee defends the title against Dominic Dijakovic. And ladies and gentlemen, this was the rubber match, and the rubber match did not disappoint. This was an awesome match from start to finish. These two genuinely were ready to kill each other, and you could tell that they were fighting for a championship. These guys pulled out all the stops. We've been begging for a takeover-style match from these guys, and we finally got it. In the end, Keith Lee hits the Big Bang Catastrophe for the win, and retains the NXT North American Championship. After the match, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic embrace in the ring and pose together to the delight of the crowd. And to me, that was the perfect way to open this TakeOver event. A great match between two guys who might not be friends, but they mutually respect each other and showing that mutual respect at the end. The great sportsmanship. That is a great way to... To open this show. It was impactful. And it was what everybody wanted to see. And on that note. We move on to the next match of the evening. It is a street fight. Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai. And I will say. I loved this match as well. 
It was violent from start to finish. And here's what I love most about it. These two women have been building this rivalry up for a long time. I've been waiting a long time to see a fight between these two. I wanted to see them have their own separate match at TakeOver. And NXT delivered. I wanted a no disqualification fight. I got a street fight. I got that. I didn't want to see a regular style match. I wanted to see a street fight. I wanted to see two people who hate each other destroy each other. I want to see Tegan Knox, someone who was betrayed by her best friend, be out for revenge. And you know what? I felt the hate, which is something you don't see often in wrestling anymore, where they made me feel like they hate each other and wanted to kill each other. When Tegan Knox hit that German suplex on Dakota Kai and her head hit the trash can and she kind of bounced up and her eyes looked like she had just took a bunch of fucking mushrooms and was on a massive trip, like she was tripping balls or something, it looked fucking great. There was trash cans. There was a cricket bat, you know, and cricket, nobody understands cricket. You gotta know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. By the way, if you know where that's from, you're fucking awesome. So, then of course, these girls go back and forth, weapons, move for move, everything was great until the very end. When Raquel Rodriguez interferes and attacks the Anats, pushes Kai off the table, slams Knox off the top rope through the table, but it doesn't break, and then Dakota Kai pins Knox and wins the match. All honesty, this match didn't need outside interference. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was pointless because Dakota Kai, for the most part, has had Tegan Knox's number. And yes, Tegan did beat her on an episode of NXT, but it's only because she had her knee brace and whacked her in the face with it. So that's enough to get you a win. But it doesn't prove that Tegan Knox can beat Dakota Kai without some fuckery. So there was no reason for Dakota Kai to need interference. She was the dominant person in the match. So it made no sense. I mean, yeah, I get it. She's a heel and heels cheat to win. But again, why would you need to cheat against somebody when you've had their number week after week after week? No logic. But on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor. This was definitely a match of the night candidate. And dare I say, I think it was the match of the night, to be very honest. These men delivered on a massive level. They had the best promos, the best buildup, and the best match. And it's one of the rare moments where we were seeing multiple false finishes, but it actually worked. Because most of the time when there's false finishes in a match, especially in NXT, after a certain point, I get annoyed. I'm like, Jesus Christ, we just end the fucking match already. Well, unfortunately, you know, that's not always the case. But here in this match, we got that. We got it. It was great, and it was wonderful. We got great moments. Everything was timed perfectly. Balor hitting the coup de grace. Then the 1916, getting the 1-2-3. Finn Balor wins the match and establishes himself as the man in NXT. And I love the fact that Finn is finally getting the push for once because, as Gargano said before, Finn Balor lost to Bobby Lashley like 17 times on Monday Night Raw. So to see Finn Balor in NXT getting treated with the respect that he deserves is spectacular. And then we have uh, Kathy Kelly, Queen Kathy. It's her last night as a WWE employee is with the Undisputed Era. Roderick Strong says Wednesday is coming up, but tonight is tonight. The Undisputed Era will keep their titles because they announced that this coming Wednesday, Roderick Strong will face the Velveteen Dream on NXT. But of course, uh, one other thing is Kathy Kelly, this was her final night as a WWE employee. Now, John brought this up, and I'm going to bring this up here. 
for you guys that afterwards, as you guys know, after most takeovers, Kathy Kelly interviews Triple H and gets his thoughts on the night. Well, towards the end of the Facebook Live, Triple H acknowledges Kathy Kelly's dedication to WWE and gives her a bunch of farewell gifts. They give her a bouquet of roses, but all of a sudden, the Undisputed Era comes out, and they talk about how Kathy Kelly has always been great to them and how entertaining she's been and that she's one of the best, if not the best, female backstage interviewer of all time. So they give her a picture of the five of them together that was signed by the Undisputed Era, and they officially make Kathy Kelly the honorary fifth member of the Undisputed Era. And it's just great, and Kathy's in tears, and I'll be honest, John and I were in tears when we talked about it because John talked about how emotional it was, and then Triple H acknowledged to Kathy that the door is always open for her to come back. So I don't know why Kathy's leaving the company. I don't know what other endeavors she's pursuing. But at least Kathy knows that regardless of what happens with her future endeavors, if she ever wants to come back to NXT, she can. And I believe if she ever decides to come back, she should be allowed back. Because there's a lot of backstage interviewers like Charlie Crusoe and a few others in WWE right now. And none of them, I promise you, none of them hold a candle to Queen Kathy. And I wish her the best of luck. And I look forward to seeing her in whatever she does. And I find it funny and ironic because she used to do the This Week in WWE YouTube videos. And I used to think that she was terrible. I thought she was just some random office girl that got a gig she didn't deserve. But after seeing her do backstage interviews, I've grown to respect Kathy Kelly as an interviewer. And I look forward to seeing what she does next outside of WWE. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley defends the title against Bianca Belair. This match was decent. It could have been way better. Now, I loved what I saw in this match, even though it was a very short match. It wasn't a squash match, but it was short for NXT TakeOver standards. But with the little that they had, they did a lot. Great back and forth action. The crowd getting into it. At one point, they start trading slaps in the face. Like The punch is like, yay, boo. Only instead of punching, they slap. You know, Bel Air using the ponytail, which I fucking love. You know, they start chanting EST. Bianca Bel Air is getting all the respect she deserves. And then all of a sudden, Ripley goes for a sunset powerbomb. Bianca Bel Air holds on. Ripley transitions to a riptide and gets the one, two, three. The winner and still NXT Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley. And I'll be honest, as much as I wanted Bianca Bel Air to win that title, because she is so deserving of being a women's champion, and I hate that she's being overlooked, I knew Rhea. Ripley was going to retain. What I did not expect was what happened after the match. Charlotte Flair attacks Rhea Ripley. Flair says she's thought about it and accepts she'll see Ripley at WrestleMania. She then hits her with natural selection, goes outside, sends Belair into the ring steps, and walks to the back. That, to me, was the worst moment of the entire fucking show. Because now we know for sure it will be Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Championship, and I'm not happy about it. I know John wants to see the match. I know some of y'all want to see this match. I already know that I'm going to be going to the bathroom or the concession stand or the merchandise stand or maybe all three, depending on how long the match goes, but I have no interest in seeing this. It's garbage to me. I love Rhea Ripley. I despise Charlotte Flair. Now, a lot of y'all are probably thinking that Charlotte Flair is going to put Rhea Ripley over. I think you, and I'm saying this as a friend, are fucking delusional if you think Rhea's winning this match. 
Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I eat a big slice of humble pie. I hope when I come back to my seat after the match, Desmond and Elvis are looking at me like, you idiot for missing this match. But I don't think I'm going to. I think this match is going to suck. I think Charlotte Flair is going to become an 11-time women's champion, and it's going to make me want to vomit because I genuinely cannot stand Charlotte Flair. And I honestly think that the reason they're going to do it is to put Charlotte on NXT because I feel like NXT has had such a problem with the ratings war with AEW that they're going to put Charlotte on the roster to try to get more ratings. So I think that's what they're doing. I think they're trying to really boost their ratings because one thing Vince McMahon cares about is ratings. He doesn't like to lose ratings wars. And I think that even though Vince has kind of stepped back and let Triple H run NXT, with the fact that AEW continues to dominate in the ratings, I think Vince McMahon is finally going to stick his hands in NXT and he's going to start making some changes in order to make sure they win the ratings war. Because that's what matters to Vince is the ratings. And if you're not bringing in the ratings, if he's got to step in and take over the reins, he will. Now, I know that's hard to believe seeing as how the XFL has started up and Vince is going to be focused on that. But he'll send some kind of messenger boy, like maybe a John Laurinaitis or a Kevin Dunn, to go down there and do his bidding to make sure that they win the ratings war. And I think Charlotte is going to be a major component of that because there are people out there who actually like Charlotte Flair for reasons I'll never understand why. Yeah, she's a great wrestler, but there's so much nepotism behind her push. It's pathetic. And on that note, I'm going to move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT Tag Team Championships. The Undisputed Era defends the titles against the Broserweights. This was a stellar tag team match. It was amazing. It was entertaining. I was watching these guys legitimately try to kill each other. There were a lot of near falls, a lot of shocking moments, and of course, the annoying, how much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? Which at first I was like, ah, fuck, here we go again, because I hate this. But when I saw the the words on the screen and the fish as a bouncing ball, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed that. That actually made me laugh. So props. I give mad props for that. And of course, like I said, the match itself, great, amazing chemistry. In the end, they hit O'Reilly with stereo kicks before hitting fish with a bro to sleep kick to the head for the win. And the Broserweights become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. And I'll be honest. I knew it was going to happen. The second the Broserweights won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, I knew they were losing their titles. Especially since Roderick Strong already dropped the North American title, I knew the Tag Team titles were going to come next. I just wasn't sure when until the Broserweights, which I'm still not a Matt Riddle fan, and I'm probably never going to be. It's going to take a lot to get me to like Matt Riddle, but I will admit as a tag team, they are doing very well, and the chemistry is there. So if I take my bias out of it, they're doing good as a team. But I still think Matt Riddle is a disrespectful piece of shit. And I don't respect him as a person. As a wrestler, I don't respect him either. But at least this tag team is over and it was the right decision to make. And if Matt Riddle is going to hold a title in NXT, I'd rather it be a tag team belt. Because if he wins the NXT championship, I'm going to vomit. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening for the NXT Championship. Adam Cole defends the title against Tommaso Ciampa. This was a stellar main event. The storytelling was on point. The moves in the ring were on point. And just like the street fight, I felt the hate 
between these two. Ciampa fought like a guy who wanted his life back, and Adam Cole fought like a man who did not want to lose his NXT championship and realized he was the last Undisputed Era member standing with the gold. And because I was so convinced the Broserweights were going to win, I was convinced that Adam Cole was going to win this match. And I was right. Adam Cole successfully retained his title, but it wasn't without controversy. I'll get to that in a minute. First, I want to say how amazing this match was. And the only part that bothered me was the suplex onto the table where Ciampa hurt his neck. Because in that moment, I honestly thought, oh crap, Ciampa re-injured his neck. So either he did or he sold that very well. And I honestly got to believe that Ciampa has a lot of trust in Adam Cole to take a risk like that. Because if I just came back from a neck injury, I ain't fucking with my neck at all unless I really trust you. And obviously Ciampa was okay and able to finish the match. And it did add an extra element to the show that Adam Cole constantly went after the neck. Because it was that psychology right there. You know he's got an injured neck. You know you might have re-injured it. Let's make it hurt even more. Like Adam Cole's basically saying, I am willing to end your career to hold on to this championship. These guys fought like their lives depended on it. And that's what a main event should always bring. Now, that being said, the Undisputed Era interferes in the match, which was expected. But Ciampa battles out of it. But then, Johnny Gargano comes out, holding the NXT Championship. Uh, Ciampa wondering, is he going to hand him the belt or not? Gargano then hits Ciampa with the belt. Adam Cole covers him one, two, three, and retains the title. Which, of course, begs the question, why the fuck did they do this? Now, John mentioned earlier on the taping of this show, before it went to shit uh, because of Audacity, that during the match with Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano tends to wear a lot of, you know, Marvel superhero-type clothes. Well, this time around, he happened to wear Carnage. And from what uh, John has told me, Johnny Gargano likes to wear these things, but also that Carnage is the most violent character in Marvel. That he has no soul, he likes to inflict pain, and doesn't give a shit about anyone. And he saw that as a potential foreshadowing of this betrayal. But here's the part that bothers me the most. Why? Oh why would they pull this trigger? It makes no fucking sense at all for Johnny Gargano to turn on Tommaso Ciampa. These guys have fought so many times. So many times. It is pathetic. Now, the matches were great. Don't get me wrong. But they've done it all as opponents. That's why when Ciampa had the neck injury and him and Johnny got back together, they kind of hugged and everything was good. I love the fact they were back together. It makes no logical sense to put these guys in another feud. Johnny Gargano's a heel makes no sense because he's so over as a babyface. This is a stupid idea from bad creative and I don't see it going anywhere. And it didn't help Adam Cole at all except to hold on to the championship for a little while longer so he can be the last Undisputed Era member standing with championship gold before he inevitably loses it and it's officially the end of the Undisputed Era and their prophecy. So again, I don't know what they're going to do with this, but hopefully they come up with something clever because if not, they're going to disappoint a lot of fans and that is Undisputed. 
All right, that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of NXT TakeOver Portland. I thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, real quick, before we uh, officially wrap this episode up, there is one thing I want to clarify for the listeners out there uh, in case there's any confusion. As I mentioned at the beginning, this is a classic recap that I pulled from our old SoundCloud page and brought here to the four main platforms, uh, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And you'll notice in this recap when I talked about Charlotte Flair agreeing to challenge Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Obviously, this is one from three years ago, not the one from WrestleMania 39 that took place a few months back. When I mentioned that I would either, you know, go to the bathroom or the concession stand or do something to kill time during the match, the reason I said that was because at the time that NXT TakeOver Portland took place, myself, Desmond, and Elvis still had plans to go to WrestleMania in Tampa Bay because the COVID lockdown hadn't started yet. There was no COVID. There was no coronavirus. I mean, there was inkling of it, there was talks of it, but there was no talk of shutting anything down yet. So at the time, we had the tickets for WrestleMania, and we were all planning on getting in the car, driving down there, and enjoying WrestleMania 36. But then, of course, the uh, COVID lockdown took place, the pandemic, and then I got my tickets refunded through Ticketmaster, and thankfully I hadn't gotten any uh, hotels yet, so I didn't have to lose any money on that. But uh, I was able to get at least my money back for the tickets. And then, obviously, I ended up watching uh, WrestleMania 36 uh, here at the house because we couldn't really go anywhere. And the Boochcast team, we all pretty much said, you know what, we're going to all stay home for now and then we'll, uh, we'll worry about doing a watch party once the pandemic loosens back up. Or once it's kind of lifted or it's kind of over, we do it then. That's why you didn't see a lot of um, live streams from us during that time because we were all on lockdown and we all weren't comfortable hanging out yet until I believe it was, I want to say SummerSlam of that year or Survivor Series. I can't remember which one it was. It was Survivor Series. I'm sorry. It was, it was Survivor Series. I remember now. It was when we finally did that. So that's why I talked about, you know, avoiding the match because we were, I thought we were going to see that match live at, in Tampa Bay, but instead we ended up watching it, you know, on the network here at home. I think it was the network because I, I don't think Peacock bought it yet. No, Peacock, I don't think purchased it quite yet. Then again, my, my memory's a little rusty because at the time that I'm recording this, it's like almost 3.30 in the morning. So my brain can be a little rusty on that. But anyway, I just wanted to clarify that. That's why I was talking about that because at the time, that this pay-per-view aired at the time that I was recapping it there was no coronavirus lockdown so we had planned to go to Tampa Bay but anyway I just wanted to clarify that real quick and now we will officially wrap up this episode of the Boochcast so make sure you guys follow us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. You can also follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th 
for WWE SummerSlam. Make sure you join us for the biggest party of the summer. Also, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and a special project in the works. And finally, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since it sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So take that $9.99. Bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use to upgrade our equipment. We use to bring in bigger name guests pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believe they are to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>